All right, we are rolling on the pre-show. We're hey. recording to a alternative device because I spilled some beer on my laptop today. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, how not, did this happen? How did it happen? I um, went to grab something on the table where a beer and laptop was, and I knocked it over. Laptop was on. Yeah, I can't hear myself very well. Did I can't hear yourself very well. No. Um, I don't know why that would be that. It's a little bit better now. I don't know. I can make this hotter. That's well, it's as hot as it gets. The levels are good. Um, just, uh, all right, I'll live with it. It's just, it, it, it sounds a little bit empty. Okay, yeah, it's because of the, the setup. Setup, yeah. We'll get it back. We'll get back to normal next week. Okay. Anyway, uh, so yeah, d- so did your laptop immediately just go dark or did it i well i knew exactly what i did and i said oh no 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 and i picked it up and turned it on its side and i uh wiped up the battery as much well it's i didn't have like security torques screwdriver to get the battery oh, it's out. not yeah it's not like an easy pull out no i don't even have a screwdriver here that can get the battery out my little computer screwdriver sets at work so yeah um and, and it would have been minutes anyway oh yeah, I mean you can. It, I took the bottom off, and there was beer in the bottom of the laptop, so it made it all the way through the keyboard down uh-huh. to the bottom. Yeah. 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 Your laptop's gone. Oh, Bessie. It, it's. Hey, I've done it before. It's it's not something that, that is fun when it happens. Yeah, it's it was an old you know five and a half years, almost six years old. So, it's uh, it's lived a long, dutiful life. I wanted a new one anyway. <laughs> Hopefully there's no like reasonable spares in the office because it would be responsible for me to take one of those instead of getting a new one. So, let's see. You you said you had a very busy week. I tried texting you like twice on Monday, twice on Tuesday. You said nothing. And then I was like, I'd actually texted your phone. I was like, are you there? <laughs> and you finally texted me back like, hello. And I was like, I take it you're busy. He said, yeah. I said, all right, I won't bother you. <laughs> so I guess you were very busy. Yeah, we're trying to make some network changes, and things just weren't going right. And I had a couple very late nights this week, because the only opportunity where I can really try things is after everyone's in bed, which is like midnight, after mid- well after midnight. Uh-huh. Um, so... Uh, what Tuesday? Let's see, it was a short week. So it was either Monday night or Tuesday night. I was up till five thirty in the morning, and then the following night I was up till about one fifteen. Ran into something. I had to troubleshoot and realized I had no troubleshooting skills or problem solving skills at that point. So I went to bed, and then it was two thirty the next night, and it was two o'clock the night after that. I think I'm hitting a bug in the software that's making it not work right. I don't think it's a misconfiguration, but uh, it's know, really beat me up this week. I know the feeling of, of chasing after a bug that simply won't won't let go, and you're you're kind of in a in a Schrodinger cat situation because there there are twelve ways you can make it happen. <laughs> Some are more likely than others, but you don't know exactly what's doing it. Yeah, so, it, it, so this is a multi-part deployment. We got dark fiber between our office and the colo. So it's going to be like 10 gigabit, like sub millisecond latency. It's going to be amazing. And I brought up the office side, like everything went to plan. It was like, I was like 
rock star. I was like, oh, this is so amazing. Everything's working. And I told the VP of engineering, I just got to do one more thing. About 15 minutes, we'll be up. That was Monday morning. <laughs> you know, I told him that. And I'm still fighting with it. Wow. And it's, uh, I've been on support with one of our Switch vendors. And the bug's not with the Switch vendor. The bug's with some open source stuff we're using, I think. Um, but, you know, they suggested, you know, I re-architect part of the network. So I had to do that one night. And that took a while to get everything back together. That's a, that's a difficult thing to say. Oh, re-architect part of your network. Well, I mean, it was all software configuration. I have to like I didn't have to move any wires. That's the nice thing about VLANs and trunk ports and things like that. But, uh, yeah, it took a while to make the plan and then try to implement the plan without, like, figuring out the, the optimal way to implement the plan so it was least disruptive to the network. Even when people are in bed, we still have automated builds going on. We have things like that. And the one that I caused a build failure, I didn't want to do that again. So I was trying to... You needed to be graceful degradation. Right. So I was trying to, like, if I do this re-architecting in these steps... You know, I can do like just one little hit, you know, so that's what I ended up doing. And so it took a while and I thought I had it up and like what I'm, I'm chasing this really weird bug where it has to do with um, routing protocols and multipath, like having redundancy, like if a link goes down there, it can route a different way. And I turn it on, things seem like they're working okay. And then like just certain connections on the network stop working. Like almost like they're like one of the paths or what I think is, oh, no, I actually discounted that idea. I'm kind of lost. I'm actually starting to contemplate replacing the, um, the open source firewall that we're using with another one. Um, this one wasn't out when I picked the previous one. I use PFSense. Uh, you know, if anyone listening who knows these things, that's the reason I'm mentioning the actual product names. And I've been pretty happy with the PFSense firewall. It's a free BSD, has a web GUI. You can do a lot of stuff in it. More stuff than you can do in most commercial firewall, you know, or systems. And I've been pretty happy with that over the years, but I'm having a problem with this routing stuff. And there's a new one. Well, it's it's been out for about two years now. It's a it's a fork of the community version of a discontinued product from uh, Brocade or something like that. But it's called ViOS, and uh, I like how it, it. There's no web GUI. It's all command line. But the nice thing about having command line firewall is once you get the configs, it's easy to make sure the configs are all there. Right? You just kind of dump the config and diff it against your known good config and things like that. So it'll be a lot easier to make sure everything's consistent than with a web GUI where stuff's everywhere. You know, it's hard to make sure all the configurations are consistent. So I'm contemplating switching to ViOS for our uh, firewall slash VPN endpoints. Excuse me. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at now. And then I spilled beer on my laptop, so I won't be working on it, you know, tonight or tomorrow but you it's probably always, good It'd give me a couple nights sleep instead of you know staying up you and, can always go into the go into work and grab a machine right and, i could but uh, i'm kind of looking at this as you know I've, I've been up i haven't gone to bed before 1 30 in the last five days getting sleep helps these sort of situations and uh so maybe if i just unplug for a day and a half maybe when i come back the solution will be staring in the face or at least you'll be that, able to because I mean every, everyone's that, had that, that can help that can absolutely help everyone's had that happen too right yeah. where you you're you're hitting a wall you're hitting a wall you need to change take a day off come back and 
fix it. It's like uh, probably the last time I had something similar to that. I was playing Halo 3 right on the Xbox when I got the Xbox over the winter. And there was this one checkpoint I couldn't get to. I was getting destroyed. I probably spent like two and a half hours just in this one between one spot between checkpoints that I couldn't beat it. I turned off the game, went away for a week or two, came back to it, beat it first time through. It's almost like the and game... Every subsequent time, that, that part was really easy. It was like, it was... Almost every time, it was like nothing. It was like, how come this was so hard for me before? Well, I only played through it, you know, once. Yeah, you know, it was I, I, I've done that similar thing with mm-hmm. games, and mm-hmm. you get that hard point, and it pissing the hell out of you, you can't get it. You come back to it, you do it, and for some reason, you're just super good at it, and all of a sudden, it's like, why was that hard? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it was... It was like first time back. It was almost. It almost felt like the game knew that it had frustrated me, and it like let me through to the checkpoint. It was almost like the game knew that. Your brain had trained itself. It just it needed, you needed that sleep. Um, and you know what? What you're doing essentially is you're applying the scientific method, right? You're you're assuming a, a certain process is happening. You're you're doing a test, and you're seeing where that you know the results of that test, and you're saying, okay, we can take out that. And, that's not the problem or there's something there and just you know keep applying it further and further um that's sort of what what i love most about uh the jobs that we do is when you get to really delve into issues when when, there are people at work who are really frustrated by that um when they have an issue and they're like you know i I, i've been trying to get this thing to work and i i I jump on those i'm like yeah let's figure it out I, i love things that well, oh, sure. I'm not saying it's not fun. You know, I'm not fr- like I, I am. I'm kind of jazz. You know, it's fun to, but yeah. it's frustrating, but still fun. Like you know, the last couple of nights, it's not so much trying to get it to work. Well, it's, I wanted it to work, but it's also like, okay, which command exactly is causing the network to fail? Mm-hmm. And let's try to figure out why that command's causing the network to fail. I've been going through something for the past three days on, on, on a similar issue. Um, a bug that can't quite quash, and we're not sure why it's happening. And there's a lot of steps in between where the bug could be happening and where the bug is happening. So it's like, so it's it's really hard to figure. It's hard to get consistent results and to get a consistent idea of what's what's happening in the in between steps. Mm-hmm. But it's still fun to, to go at it. But it is frustrating after a while. You're like, come on, what 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 more could I do to figure this out? I'm not getting any. I'm not getting anywhere. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so we didn't have a show last week because I was out in Hershey, Pennsylvania, with my family for a little fun tour of that area and Hershey Park and the uh, whatever the caverns were there. I forget what they were called, but that was pretty. Penn's cool. Caves or no? no? Let me see. It. It's, it's I didn't a, know there was caverns right there. I know that yeah, when you're out that side of the state, you see billboards everywhere for Indian Penn's Echo caves. Caverns. Indian Echo, okay. Yeah, I have, I have a bunch of pictures here you can see that I took, and uh, there um, um, lots of really cool pictures of, of of the insides of the caverns. But mm-hmm. so that was actually the coolest part. And then there is the Hershey, <laughs> the Hershey tour, the factory the, tour, the, the quote unquote factory tour, where you get on a little uh, a little roller coaster train ride. Not, not not really a roller coaster, just a little tram thing that then takes you through a. A hypothetical Hershey factory with singing cows. It's in it. all it's all animatronic. Yeah. It's 
there's no working equipment, yes. right? I mean, I'm trying, there's not even like a window into the factory, right? It's all no, fake. The, the factory is not there. It's all, I mean, the most that they have is they have some fake goop that looks sort of like it could be chocolate in another But it's like universe. the plastic version of a Hershey yeah. Kiss Maker, yeah. not yeah. the real version of a Hershey Kiss Maker. Yeah, and they're little um, uh, conveyor belts and stuff moving along that have, and look, this is the candy going into the wrapping machine, and look, now it comes out wrapped. I was like, no, that's not an active wrapping machine, Ava. That's that's two two conveyors. Conveyor yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had to actually explain that even to even to my sister brother in law, which because I guess it's just they haven't encountered that before. But I mean, yeah, think about it. A machine like that is a temperamental beast that probably needs to be updated and adjusted every week or so mm-hmm. running at it you know running at its absolute best you're not going to put that into <laughs> no no <laughs> no what they have greg is they have a machine that actually wraps the plastic hershey kisses mm-hmm. and then there's another machine behind the scenes that unwrap the hershey oh, kisses that, that, that makes even more sense <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know what they were thinking that but you know that it, it shows you that even very smart people can be sort of led astray by um, by just by seeing something and assuming that, that that's all it goes into. So nonsense. Tor is the worst. <laughs> it was awful. I know we talked about. It. I know I told you about the tour when Probably, I had done it, I, I, but that would have been back in two thousand eight or so. Yeah, it would have. It was. Uh, Heather was saying it was before Allison was born. So. Yeah, so it was, it was actually fall two thousand seven is when it would have been. Go back and check out the, the post shows for that. Uh, it, it was very, uh, very funny. I, I uh, so then I went to Hershey Park. I don't know. I don't really have much stories to tell about it. It just was. It was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I if I can come up with good stories except for just my the things that I noticed that were interesting. But here's the story I, I have. It's not really a story. It's just why I didn't like Jurassic World. We had a. We were going to have our. Um, our all hands, all staff meeting on Thursday before you know, Friday we're off. And instead, they decided, well, we're not going to have an all staff meeting. Everyone gets to leave at two o'clock uh, and go to see Jurassic World. And so, and the Pittsburgh office gets to leave uh, early. So we're like, okay, cool. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So we went to see Jurassic World on the, my uh, company's dime. That's nice. Movie. Uh, let me see the tweet I put the tweet I posted Greg explains the tweets (laughs) (laughs) was wow Jurassic Park was a real piece of shit (laughs) explain that one it's very nuanced I'm not sure I get the uh, the true depth of that tweet well I I got two responses one was from Thurman as well he said he found it fun worth a watch and the other was from Sean he said cleanse your palate with Inside Out I've heard Inside Out was very good you probably want to see Inside Out with your kids Um, but so I responded to Thurman as well with uh, maybe piece of shit is too hyperbolic but it was entirely forgettable not a single scene resonated very poor directing what I really mean by that is think about the original Jurassic Park I mean I'm not saying it was a great mm-hmm. movie it wasn't right. it was it was fun but it, I mean, it was it was a dumb movie but there are all these scenes that you can remember all these things that resonate with you the you know we, we all remember Wayne Knight as, as the guy stealing things getting spit in the face and mm-hmm. uh, Samuel Jackson you know, going hold on to your butts and the guy going clever girl and all the 
all the little all the little <laughs> things that uh, Newman getting yeah. eaten on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the lawyer dude. But you oh, you're doing okay. It wasn't Newman. Yeah. Okay, but you see, the, the, all those little things resonate. There was nothing in that movie. The, the, the movie I saw was entirely forgettable. There wasn't a thing that resonated about the movie. It was just it was out of your head the instant you walk in the theater. So, I mean, it goes to show you that even Spielberg can make a pretty, a, a drack of a film, something worth watching by, you know, indelling into it these memorable moment, moments, mm-hmm. which were not there in Jurassic World. So that that's sort of what I look for in a big right. blockbuster movie like that, is if it's not going to be clever and interesting and well-written and stuff like that, then at least have those moments, those really awesome moments that, that will bring you back and that will, that will jolt you, that will get you to remember what you're watching. Sounds good. So, go see it right away? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it, it, it ain't even worth renting. Wait for it to be on HBO or whatever. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I've been thinking about going to see Inside Out. We probably I should go see it with the kids. They'd enjoy that. <clears throat> We're drinking the uh, the Brickway Hef on the pre-show. We did it on the show a couple weeks ago. This is the leftover can. This is really good. It is. This is really good. This is the best thing the Brickway sent us. I did uh, take a picture. I said put it on uh, of my niece at Hershey Park. She had a tie on that said "I'm perfect." Right, right. Uh, she won that tie in the water <laughs> squirting competition. <laughs> it's a giant tie. It's a giant tie. <laughs> it's like that or some other giant thing, and she chose the tie. You know. So that Hershey Kiss thing you sent me—I guess there was a kiosk or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> yes, there was a. It turns out. Uh, as I found out uh, as I was doing it that, that this thing you can do it online. You can just send people Hershey's kisses from anywhere. But yeah. there, were, there was a big like wall side thing with, with, with you could press. So I was like, I want to do that. And I saw somebody doing it. I thought that looks like it should be easier than it is. And I kept like I had to slam down on the keys because because whatever it was, uh, it was not a very nice capacitive touchscreen. It was really poorly done. So he, <laughs> it was just it was a pain. <laughs> in the so that's why yeah when I sent like. Me love beer, whatever it was that I sent. It was like because I, I had to well, the shortest. You, I think you had to put in your. Uh, I'm guessing. So when I saw it, it said meme, M E M E, right? Yeah. So I was like, I was trying to figure out what you meant by meme, but I'm guessing there was a first name field and a last name field, and you probably just put like me, me. I I, I, I think it was supposed to be me, me, but I just was like, should I just start say it was for me? Or should I say at, uh, me, 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 at me dot com? Who cares? And so that that's what went through. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was just for me to test. Okay, does this thing actually do anything? And uh, and I was like, okay, well, probably will send an e- email. But if it gets the email, to just put us on the many spam yes. lists. Well, okay, our beer list is already on eight million spam lists. It's not going to hurt too much. So <laughs> I'll put it on that just to see. And, 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 and why did it say like eat more beer? Or eat, eat more beer? Because <laughs> I thought if I were to put something rude on there, it would probably probably wouldn't go through, and there would be all that time I spent like literally five, six minutes slamming at that keyboard would be for naught. So I murdered the cows. <laughs> so I did eat more beer, and then uh, something else. Yeah, Hershey, the world of of. Bad chocolate. So you didn't make it to Trogues at all? No, it did not make it. It was not in the cards. Um, it was not like... I was there for the kids. I was uh-huh. not there sure, for anything sure. else. I so, understand. 
Um, I'm not hoarding against you. It really is like super close. Yeah, I know. There, there were stuff in there for going to, and I, I looked at it and considered it, but I was like, well, it's not everybody's going to want to go to a brewery. My parents would probably enjoy it, but mm-hmm. that's not. Um, Could have pulled out your Rockstar creds, given them a back behind the scenes tour? It's, it would have been possible if I would have, you know, jumped onto it and, and tried my best at it. I'm sure I could have worked something out. But, mm-hmm. yeah, why? There's, uh, I don't think the kids would have enjoyed it very much, and that's who it, who it would have been a real factory tour. It would have been a real factory tour. But they wouldn't have cared about a real ta- factory tour. <laughs> they wanted to have an automated, <laughs> they wanted to go on that thing again. They did. Electronic <laughs> <trying to> cows. <laughs> So if Trogues were to make that, then it might be a different story. You make a whole theme park around Trogues, suddenly we have a different story and the kids would love it. Hi, I'm Chris Trogner. I'm going to sing you a song. <laughs> it's all about the wheat, wheat, wheat. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jurassic World was terrible. And I mean that by, I mean I don't mean like awful, you'll hate it. I mean terrible that... Entirely forgettable and and kind of kind of in, in very many ways a piece of shit and kind of in very many ways just like that's the kind of movie that people like. What are you gonna do? It was terrible in that sense. I didn't like it. Others probably will. And this is not. And look, the science in it was absolutely terrible. I don't care necessarily about the science in it unless there's nothing else about the movie being right, interesting. Right. What was it, the new dinosaur they made? What was that called? Uh, Indominus Rex. Indominus Rex, yeah. Yeah. Godzilla. They, they made a... They, they made a, a one-line kind of, like, excuse, which was uh, one of the... <laughs> a side plot of this was that they're militarized... Was, was it... There are plans the military has to militarize the dinosaurs. <laughs> right? That's just how how ridiculous this movie is. Dinosaur warriors. Yeah. Do you get to ride them or no, no, just no. set them free and let them run amok like Godzilla? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was the raptors they wanted to do them. The ultimate biological. So soldier. on Science Friday last week, they had a couple archaeologists on, you know, talking about the movie. You know, like they do it like in like pop crossover mm-hmm. stuff. And the archaeologists were being as kind as they could be. Yeah, I, I've seen some of that, and what like they all say, "Oh, the movie was great," and it's like, it, I mean, I understand like you're, you're trying to appeal to the, the masses, but mm-hmm. you can you can also say I didn't like the movie because the movie was kind of a dumb movie. In addition, it had this these dumb science things. I mean, the one thing they brought up though is uh, velociraptors. Or, that's dog uh, size, size of a turkey. Yeah, yeah. So you could just kick them away. <laughs> well, yeah, but um, they, they based the velociraptors off of dialect. Diakonisis, I think it was, which is a, a larger. Just Velociraptor a, sounds. A, a larger really therapy. Yeah, Velocir- Velociraptor sounds more interesting, but Diakonisis was, or whatever it was, but it was roughly the same size. Okay. As, as the Jurassic Park. A little smaller, but you know. They, they emphasize certain things for, for them. I mean, I can, I can understand like making things a little bit bigger. That, that's not out of bounds. It, of it was really possible. funny. So they had two archaeologists on it, and like I said, they were both being very unreasonably kind about the movie uh-huh. but then i remember they're talking about they got into about just science education or something like that and they mentioned the stat where like 46 percent of people think that humans live with the dinosaurs or something like that like some astounding number and the one person again is like being like 
unreasonably accommodating like like trying not to say anything and then the other guy's like no <laughs> this is ridiculous you know and you know, I, I don't know i don't remember exactly what he said but he covered himself very well you can cover it. yourself basically basically it's a breakdown of the educational system that allows that many people to be to hold that belief well you could cover yourself technically and say absolutely that it's true the humans live with dinosaurs, and humans have always lived with dinosaurs. Well, actually, we call them birds. Actually, that's what the one, the first one, the the, the one that was being nicer. Uh-huh. She just kind of said that, and and let it go. And then the other guy's like, "That's not what they mean. <laughs> they mean that Jesus is riding on a brontosaurus, right?" Well, he didn't say that, but you know, and, and that is educate the educational educational system in America should not. No one should be able to have that belief if they are properly educated. <laughs> but I do think that people should understand that birds are the bird are still of the clayed dinosaur, uh, and dinosaurs were the clayed reptiles, so birds are still reptiles. We are still of the clayed fish. We're, we're in that chordata. Um, you know, we we still have a common ancestor with all those things. So we're still kind of fish. In some way, I was listening to the um... <laughs> brain melt. The, the the BBC with the uh, in the, our time in our time, yeah, about the extremophiles. Mm-hmm. It was just on a couple of weeks ago, and talking about the eukaryotes and and the bacteria and what's the archaea, uh, archaea and mm-hmm. kind of like how. It was fascinating when they were talking about, and maybe this was in the extras at the end. No, I think it was in the main show, but the extras were pretty fascinating too. But they talked like science is pointing to there was one time in life on Earth where the bacteria got into the archaea and made eukaryotes. Like it yeah. only happened once, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's the thought. Yeah, and I mean, a lot, a lot of really fascinating stuff. Some that I was somewhat familiar with, some that I wasn't very wasn't familiar with at all in that uh, in that talk. You know, the stuff that you were talking. So I mean, they really got away from. Hey, yeah, there's stuff that lives in deep sea vents. Yeah, it was yeah. more about they, they the got astrobiology a, part. Of they it. got away from that and they got into a lot of the astrobiology, but also you know, life arising and you know, kind of the talking about like life has arisen once is what science seems to point to but why is it only once and that's a competition thing right Mm -hmm. because when pre-life made some really yummy molecules if life was around life ate the really yummy molecules you know so they never had the time to organize into a second form of of rising into life life that that came from the same source is now all over the planet so there is not an area of the planet even in these like deep hydrothermal vents that's still stuff that's all related to us in some sense yeah so that's all stuff everywhere we found is 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 just covered with life it's like smeared on like this goo right Uh, so but I, i thought it was really fascinating the idea where life really couldn't arise a second time because the stuff that is pre-life mm-hmm. is complex molecules that are really useful to life. So they're just going to take it. Mm-hmm. If there's any life nearby, they're not going to ignore it. They're going to use it. That's pretty much what's going to happen because life is everywhere. Because there are no areas where life could simply arise, where another form of life could arise and not be eaten by the other stuff that's around mm-hmm. to eat it. Right. It wasn't even there talking about the Drake equation. Yeah. To, I mean, Drake Equation, so people listening, that's the one where the, uh, he's a radio astronomer. What's his, astronomer? What's his first name? 
Roger? No. Alfonso. Alfonso. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he made this thing like the, the likelihood of intelligent life in the universe. Right. And it's the percentage of stars that have planets. You know, there's, there's a bunch of variables. But one's like the planet, percentage of stars that have planets, which is probably going to be 100%. Close to it. Probably. And then the percentage of planets that can give rise to life, then to intelligent life and whatnot. And, you know, they thought, you know the thing I found interesting was, you know, the second one's actually testable now because we were yeah. able to check Europa, Titan, and Callisto, and Mars for for life. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the question of, and it, I think that recent, we've talked about this before, I believe, I think that the recent knowledge has shown us that life is, is from what we can tell, almost certainly everywhere, almost everywhere it can be, it probably will be. That that seems to be we only have really one place where we're looking at life, but we're starting to see all these situations where it looks like if our theories about life are correct, life should be arising in these places. So and it doesn't look like life is as horrific, horrifically complicated as we once assumed it was. Mm-hmm. So I mean life now is complicated, but the original life was probably not, you know, not necessarily anywhere near as complicated. And we don't have the original life to look at. We have just the descendants of four billion years and some remnants that have been fossilized of stuff, um, you know, from hundreds of thousands to much further along years right. ago. But we, there are chemical markers that we can study, all these other things that we can study to give us an idea of what things need to be like for life to happen. And it looks like those circumstances are out there so we expect to look and find life if we ever get the the ability to look and find life however there are other parts of Drake equation that are complete we we have no idea what the answer to these numbers are the number of intelligent civilizations well earth's been around for four billion years and there we've had one uh, the number of intelligent civilizations that uh, go into that, that develop number of intelligent species that develop a I should say intelligent species there are lots of intelligent species but there's only one that develops an intelligent civilization so far number of intelligent civilizations that that develop technology to communicate only, again we only have one example the number of ones that don't destroy themselves before contacting other things we don't we have no idea what that number is. A mm-hmm. uh, uh, number we don't. One thing that wasn't in there was a number of ones that uh, that decide to communicate at all. It wasn't even in there. It wasn't right. in the consideration. Uh, the, the anthropomorphic assumption that of course creatures would want to communicate. Well, why? We right. do. That's kind of unique to humans. There's a lot of questions the direct equation. I mean, the direct equation is okay. Here are all the variables spelled out, and it's not in any way saying this is what the answer is. It's saying this is here's. And they made a good point about it, which is the equation was not saying this is how we can answer the problem. It was okay. We can separate these variables out and into a lot of solvable problems. Right. Not all solvable, but a lot of them could be solvable. So yeah, I thought that was interesting how they had that. It was a different angle in the Drake yeah. equation, which I hadn't heard previously as well. You think about that Lexus hoverboard. Lexus hoverboard. You haven't seen that? No. Pull up your computer to search for the Lexus, Lexus hoverboard. hoverboard. Yes. Is this just they're trying to get something before October twenty first or whatever it is? Uh, well, that might be part of it, but uh, they're actually pretending they have a real working hoverboard. There's this video of a smoking, like cryogenic hoverboard. 
I thought you probably heard about it. I thought it made pretty big news. Oh, it's just, it's just a magnet thing. Just a superconductor magnet thing. In a yeah. hoverboard. Well, yeah, but it's, so you need to... <laughs> that, uh, we, we, we've known this could work for... for for decades, we've, the bullet train was is based on that kind of, based on the same sort of concept of a super magnetic, a super conducting magnet that. Mm-hmm. that but it's the, not on a hoverboard. <laughs> so a hoverboard is just a smaller example of something we already have. It, it's a free floating thing. A it's bullet not a free train. floating thing. It can only operate on top of a superconductor, or it, or it can only operate on top of a magnetic surface, uh-huh. and it has to be super cooled. Right. I know, but it's there is a cool thing with superconductors. Where the, you, I mean, uh, you know, the videos—it's such a tease. They don't show it actually working. Yeah. They show something that apparently is floating, and someone about to step onto it, and then they cut away. Yeah, because it's really fucking cold. It's near nearly zero Kelvin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, the cool thing about one of the cool things about superconductivity is that uh, electromagnetic field cannot penetrate a conductor, and a superconductor, like a magnetic field, can't penetrate a conductor. So it actually you actually get a magnetic um, force field essentially between a, any magnet and a superconductor. Okay. The so reason- it's kind of a kind of holds it in place instead of just pushing it away and falling to the side or well it it, it would push it, it if it gets close it will push it away it, right it is, there actually would be a a force that the superconductor has on mm-hmm. a magnet coming close enough to right. it it happens because um well it's technical but currents on you can create you can create neutral currents on the surface of the superconductor that have no voltage but they still have current Okay. So they're still moving charges. So you then have this magnetic field that basically works as a anti-magnetic field. Okay. Cool. It is pretty cool stuff. Getting superconductivity is a little bit past my ability to, to comprehend because I'm not really good at the solid state stuff, but there is some really interesting stuff going on in, in that uh, in that world. Like hoverboards. <laughs> like hoverboards. <clears throat> Yeah. Anything else you want to mention before we drink some beer? Uh, I did want to mention that Wet Hot American Summer prequel is coming soon. Oh, nice. Next month. I should show you the uh, the trailer. We'll watch that between before we start the show. Okay. All right, so we'll get on to the show now, and uh, happy July 4th, everybody. America. You can hear the fireworks outside our windows <laughs> if you listen really closely. Do you want to stop your no i just want to copy one file okay <laughs> all right so let me get the someone's really setting off some fireworks out there what do you expect is this new water or is this old water new water okay fresh new water summer is full of firsts first jobs you ready to meet your other campers First crushes. Hi. Hi. And the first day of camp. Some of you were campers last year, but now you're all 16 or 17 years old. 
These are some things that will not happen here this summer. No relations between campers and counselors. This includes dry humping, necking, wet humping, finger banging, wheelbarrowing, saltwater tapping. You were supposed to be here a week ago. Whatever. It smells weird. Who beefed? Welcome all to the Campfire with Summer Theater Program. Point the toes gyrating. Leave with the crotch. Get the fuck out! The show is like this every day. We have a problem. Why do you come to me for help? I'm just a camp chef. I know you were in the military. I'm quite sure. I don't know what you're talking about. I think you do know. Tell me you don't want to hack yourself off a slice of this long, greasy dick. Phones for emergencies only, young lady. Uh, that was an emergency. I, um, forgot my diaphragm. I was your age once. Take mine. You're a real pal, Nurse Nancy. on the boat rowing crew if we can find a coxswain <laughs> introducing John Hamm. <laughs> what? What? Nothing. What? 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 Nothing. What? Nothing. Oh, so it's a series. I didn't. I forgot that. Yeah. I... They got a hell of a crew. Uh, well, I mean, that, that was the—I mean, it was the original cast was just those amazing yeah. people that turned yeah. out to be, and there they are. They're all coming back, which is awesome. Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good. I didn't realize it was a um, series. <laughs>